Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know because I learned the hard way and now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings, 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 everyone. Yes, as I say every month, the first and third Tuesday, favorite time of the month, because it is Being Brown at Work Live. Welcome, everyone. For those of you who have been hanging with me, following me a while, you know, Linda Talaferro from the T, The Extra Effort. And for those of you that are new, welcome. Happy to have you here. I am so excited. You see, I have another fabulous woman as a guest. Uh, it's going to be new to some of you. Uh, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm new to her at all because we've been talking for a little bit now. And so we've got a connection. I am, I can't tell you beyond excited. Just my first lawyer, y'all, on the show. So you know I'm excited about this. This is an industry, an area I really wanted to tap into. And she's an author. So, because y'all gonna buy this book. By the way, if you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube, you can see the link to her website for this book. But before we get to that, I'm going to tell you about this phenomenal woman. So attorney Shakita Hall Jackson is an award-winning licensed attorney and adjunct law professor, is the visionary behind the Blow the Whistle Law social justice movement, and the founder of top employment law firm Hall Jackson and Associates PC. As the first Black president of the National Employment Lawyers Association and a seven-time recipient of the Top 40 Under 40 Award, Shakita's unwavering drive stems from her belief that every workplace should be a diverse and inclusive environment where employees can feel safe and empowered to be their authentic selves. Dubbed the discrimination disruptor, absolutely love that, Her personal experiences of workplace injustices, combined with her mother's career as a juvenile correction officer, have inspired her to fight relentlessly for workers' rights. Shakita's mission is furthered through the corporate DEI trainings, employer equity consulting, speaking engagements, and education of inner-city youth on their legal rights. Shakita, welcome, welcome, welcome to being Brown at Work Live. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm beyond <laughs> excited. I am I am seriously honored. I mean, everyone, I mean, did you hear that bio? I mean, just the the impact that, that Attorney Hall Jackson, Shakita has had, you know, in the industry from a social justice perspective is immeasurable. That's why when when her team reached out to me, one, I was honored that they found being Brown at Work Live worthy of her being a guest. I was like, yes, yes, how soon can I get her? 
and she's been so um, so warm and welcoming to this opportunity. I want to jump in because you know, as I shared with you, Shakita, when you were kind enough to share with me your chapter one of your book, you guys are going to have to go buy this book. We're going to be all right. That's the title of the book. There's something I want to share with all of you out of the preface of this book, because it really, I mean, when I read it, I had to go back and read it again because it landed on me. There's so much more to this, but I just want to share this piece in her preface. I am a Black woman who became a lawyer, a leader, and an unapologetic advocate for social justice in the United States. In our country, the scales of justice are often imbalanced. No one paved my path with privilege. Yet I continue shattering glass ceilings and redefining what it means to be a Black female lawyer in America. We Gonna Be All Right, a Black Executive's Guide to Navigating Workplace Dynamics, that's the title of her book, is more than just a book. It's a nod to the oppressed yet hopeful spirit of Black executives and professionals who navigate the complexities of the workplace dynamics. It is a GPS and a rallying cry for those who dare to climb the corporate ladder while staying true to their roots. I mean, for me, (laughs) I mean, that was everything, everything. Shakita, can you share with me? I mean, you mentioned a little bit in that in that preface of the challenges you had in your career. Can you share with me and the audience, take us back. I mean, what was happening for you as a young lawyer or maybe even in law school that eventually led to, we gonna be all right? Um, Great question. So ultimately when I was um, trying to become a lawyer and a little girl, um, whether that was undergrad or a law school, well, one, I love the story. It took me four, I got 41 rejection letters to get into law school. Yes. 41 rejection. Okay, wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. 41? 41, and I have them all in a little tote. My husband like, throw this in the trash. Um, It's 41 different letters, and this range from the years of, I started applying around December 20. December 2005, all the way and through, uh, let's just say April or January of 2010. I got my first and only acceptance letter into law school in April of 2010. And I got so excited, then I froze because I realized it was in Louisiana. I had never been to Louisiana, mm. no one in Louisiana. Um, most of my family is in Chicago. I have a little bit of family in Memphis. Um, but that was still a distance away. Um, yes. However, I said, no, I wanted this all my life. I'm going for it. And I did. Um, but prior to that, I had actually matriculated myself up by starting off as a law clerk uh, and a clerk for the Circuit Court of Cook County, which is one of the largest court systems in the United States. Yes. Um, I think we're second to L.A. or New York. I can't recall. But outside of that, but when I got that job, I was simply just scanning documents. (laughs) Um, It was a data Mm. entry position. And I remember going to my supervisors and asking for training and 
Um, can I cross train? Can I watch and monitor other people? So when the opportunity did come to bid for other positions that I can kind of build my resume to say what I did. And yeah. while certain supervisors was open to it, it was my colleagues who were mostly black females was like, who do you think you are? Were you going to come in and get on top of us? And I'm like, well, if the bid come open and you chose not to bid and you sat in this role and that's what they're telling me. I sat in this role for over 10 some years. You think you're going to come in here within months? And, like you had the opportunity to bid, but you chose not exactly. to bid. <laughs> uh, and so I got that. And that was probably like 21, 22. Well, I'm exposed to this and wow. not to mention, it wasn't until recently when I started doing reels and trying to get um, social media going for my firm when um, it was asked to me, have you ever suffered any sexual harassment or anything like that? But it was more so the passive conversations of, you know, older men trying to take you out. These yep. men turn out to be my grandfather, definitely dad. And I'm this young, fresh person coming straight out of college, excited for this government job, ultimately. Um, and just those different things. And then I finally left there. I didn't stay there long. I ended up going to a law firm and I was one of the few blacks there. And I just noticed um, while they did give me opportunity to go from law clerk to paralegal, um, I did notice the microaggressions, the down talking, yes. the rudeness um, and the nitpicking. I have a tattoo on my arm that I got when I was 18. Um, and I really forgot that it was there. And I would walk around with just like take my blaze off because it was so hot at times and yes. get called in or emailed. You need to cover that tattoo up and did it. I'm like, okay. It was just like the little things. And then yeah. when I was um, getting internships as I was an undergrad and, and law school, I would notice that the receptionists and different things were going to bed them crying. These were women who worked under very powerful wow. men in positions of authority and the way they talked to them and whatever else was going on, these women would be in there crying and consoling each other. And I saw that often um, during my summer interns in big law. And I just felt like, well, this is what we have to sign up for if we want to be successful. And I mm. want to get to the level of my career that I wanted. And as I finally got in this seat as an attorney and started fighting on behalf of workers, I'm hearing the same stories over and over again. And yeah. what my heart was women who were old enough to be my mom and to be my grandmother. And they're saying the only reason I'm sticking around is because I have three to five years left before I can maximize my pension. I have my baby child that I waited to, you know, that child is right. still, <laughs> still in college. And I need to be able to afford the tuition to help my child finish school. Oh, as goodness. soon as they leave school, then I can finally leave this job. Despite me already having an opportunity and I'm right for retirement, I cannot afford retirement with a child in school and a mortgage still pending. Yeah. So I'm going to sit here and endure this. And I said, and so many of us, <clears throat> unfortunately, we go to the length of litigation and pursuing these things on our own, despite hearing several lawyers said there's nothing there. And then you got the embarrassment of a dismissal, throwing out your case. And exactly. then if you dare go to court in the federal sector, they make you pay the debt of the defendant because you lost litigation that you Ooh. frivolously brought against them. And so I felt the need to educate our people because a lot of times we prematurely, we resign in before we should resign. Yes. 
yeah. uh, without the paper trail and documents we need. And it's just so yes. much more. So I said, I can do my webinars monthly, but I think this book can touch masses. Yes. And the word out and help us save Absolutely. our and guide them to navigate the workplace. Because it really is a lot of times a conversation that needs to be had and not oh. the there's, there's no doubt, Shakita, the conversations have to be had, which is why I do what I do with Being Brown at Work Live to bring this stuff to the forefront, right? To, to make sure that I'm really to shine a light on it and no more covering it up to really shine a light. So, you know, as you were at Big Law and some of the, you know, other areas you did before you opened your own firm, what were you dealing with? I mean, you, I'm sure you had some firsthand experiences of now what your clients um, are suffering and trying to manage. And, and, and I have to be honest, I'm just be straightforward. For those of you watching, you know, I have a kind of a personal interest in this. My daughter who graduated from, she's a double bison, graduated from Howard undergrad and Howard Law. Uh, yeah, so she's studying now for the bar. She'll be taking it. So first lawyer in the family, you know, we have a lot of firsts in our community. Yes, I'm so excited for her. So, you know, really, um, so I do have a personal affinity, but at the same time, you know, the legal field, same as manufacturing, same as all these under other industries, we as black and brown women have these unique challenges, right? These unique nuances and landscapes we have to navigate. And a lot of times we tend to say, you know what, woe is me. You know, I, I'm never going to be successful. If you could share a little bit, Shakita, what you had to deal with early on. And then, you know, what in, inside you it ended up really formulating that confidence that said, no, you know, in spite of all that, I'm not going to be the victim. So share a little bit about what you had to experience in your early career. Um, again, it was more so like we always go through the microaggression of the people talking down to you. But the one incident that really sticks out is um, I was a paralegal and we had to share an office. It was only two of us. Um, and the other young lady, she she was from Thailand. She was Thai. Um, so Asian. <clears throat> and then it was myself. And we shared like this really small office. Um, but we had our both our desks was facing where we were back to back to each other. And okay. an attorney came in and asked, could she like, are you getting my emails? Yes or no. And she's like, I do apologize. I am getting your emails, but I'm just so swamped. I cannot handle like the caseload right now. Can you please ask Shakita? Mind you, I haven't sent any emails daily asking for work. And I'm hitting every secretary. Uh... I'm hitting every attorney. And I even reached out to the paralegal and said, can anybody give me work? Because I already knew after a while, that means my job is up for jeopardy of no work. Right. So the lady, um, her quick response was, does she even know what she's doing? Uh, yeah. And that just st it stunned me and it still sits with me today. And wow. ultimately she, um, she and the assignment was so simple. I needed to bake stamp, and all that is is taking a piece of document of evidence and putting a number in the corner via Adobe. Uh, and then at the end, like, oh, can you teach me how to do that? And it was just like questioning my competency and my ability to do the simplest task, and no one wanted me to touch their work and mess up their work. Wow. Um, and it was just like I said, um, acknowledging of certain birthdays, events, and things like that, and accolades. But that wasn't done for, you know, the people that was of color 
just different things like that. Um, and then again, like I said, older guys who <laughs> old enough to be my granddad or definitely yeah. uncle and dad who are asking out for dates and all other inappropriate interactions but just the idea of advancement opportunity and introductions and getting me to a place where my colleagues got there faster than myself solely because of who they were in the exactly yeah yes and what you look like versus what they look like and you know you know Shanika that is something that all of us has dealt with and I know most of my audience would be like okay so then you know why would I even try you know why would I even you know, make any effort, you know, Linda, you titled this title to stop playing the victim, but just listen to what Shakita shared. I mean, in that environment, clearly she's the victim. So share a little bit, if you would, your perspective of that, right, Shakita, why is that not an opportunity for us to just say, you know what, I give up. I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. And so therefore, why even try? Um, ultimately, my goal and reason is I have a now three-year-old who will be four in a couple of weeks. And with that, she cannot go in and have the same adversities Absolutely. and roadblocks. Yes. That I have. Yes. If you hear the stories of your mothers, your aunts, your uncles, anyone within your lineage, they share this same common story. And at some point, we have to disrupt this so that our youth... Yes. Especially if you send our kids to college at this mass rate right now. Now they're alleging that they're not requiring college. Certain schools and employers are not requiring college degrees. But that's because of us who have now, if you do the research, Black women is the highly edu- the most yes. highly educated group. And that's because, and I talk about it in my book, how we was push with the idea of how or law and just um, these HBCUs. And yep. I love it. And yep. I think everybody should experience. I went to Southern University Law Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, And I think we should continue to feel our kids that want to pursue a college education and beyond that they should. um, But you have them go after this dream, get all this debt and years they took away from hanging out with their friends and now being isolated because they went away to school versus being hanging around you know, keeping yeah. the same group of friends from high school and things like that. Now to go into a career where I give up on myself and I just take what I can and I exit and be miserable and try to now go into entrepreneurship um, along with this education debt. Why are we leaving? And especially when pu- people go in public sector where you, after 10 years, um, you can get your debt wiped out. Wiped. So you got- this group that's harassing you and mistreating you in the workplace, living the American dream, dream. and we're giving up and we're over here exactly. struggling in, in entrepreneurship because we just can't take it anymore. No, it's time to use our voices and take control back. Absolutely, Shakita. 1,000% agree. <laughs> Seriously, 1,000% agree. I mean, yes, look, obviously I have an entrepreneurial side of me, right? You as well, right? Nothing wrong with it. But I I am hell-bent on driving a shift in the paradigm, rewriting the narrative, 
So we're not walking away from corporate America in any fat, any industry. No, we're here and we deserve to be here. And to your point, you know, HBCUs, everything. I didn't go. I went to, as my my daughter calls PW, PWC, I think it's mm-hmm. PWC. PWI. Yeah, PWI. <laughs> that's it. I knew when I said C. It was right. I just learned when I went into HBCU, my but, uh, uh, believe me, I was so against HBCUs, and then I stumbled upon this well little school, and I said, "Look what God did! <laughs> look at look at God! Yeah, exactly, look what God has done!" But yeah, PWI, right? So I went to Carnegie Mellon, and then went to Ross for my MBA in Michigan. But I'm, it, it doesn't matter, right? We deserve to be in any institution, mm-hmm. and you're right. So now, all of a sudden, they're taking away that requirement. Why? It, it, it's all systemic. It's there's no yeah. there's no accident with that, especially when the highest the highest percentage of educated people are black women and to your point, but, but this is all the more reason why we need to stay the course. This is all the more reason why we need to stay in these institutions. We need to push for change. We need to show up strong in authentically ourselves, as you pointed in your book, authentically in the roots of who we are. And we can do that. Braids, natural hair, all that. We can do that. And be extremely successful, which is why it's so important to have guests like you on who clearly provide the pathway based on experiences you've had in doing so. So, you know, Shakita, what I would love to do and and everyone look, there's going to be a part two to this that you clearly if you're missing part one live and you catch it on the replay. Shame on you, but that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you're catching it on the replay. But you don't want to miss part two because part two, Shakita is going to step us through some pieces of her book, of which by then, because it's two weeks from now, you will have bought it. You will have gone to the link and bought it. And she's going to sh- give us some methodologies and tools, right? So we're not playing that victim and we can take control of our career. So you want to revisit us on February 20th. But Shakita, you know, for, for as we kind of wrap this session, and when I have these phenomenal guests, I mean, I'm at 10 minutes into closing. It just blow, it, the, the time just flies. You know, what, what would you share? I really want you... If you don't mind uh, peeling back the onion a little bit more around, you know, some of the pitfalls that the audience could be facing, some of the other black and brown women that could kind of tend to push them into this victimization mindset, you know, that that you want them to be aware of so that when we come back together on the 20th, they then, okay, okay, I got the awareness, my eyes are open. Now I'm going to come back on the 20th and get the tools. So give us, if you don't mind, just give some ideas of some of the pitfalls that could make you feel like a victim or or lead you down that path that you want to avoid. Um, this includes, I had someone, I did a consultation yesterday and the lady was talking about how her supervisor was harassing her. And I stated, we must use action words. Harassment, mm. you can't define harassment with harassment. So when I say what what's going on, you have to define the action words. And that's what I want us to understand when we, this defined in being discriminated against, being mistreated at work, being harassed. What are the actions? Are they yelling at you? Are they screaming at you? Are they throwing things at you? Mm. Um, are these things happening? Um, another thing that I noticed people usually, um, I'm not getting the promotions. I have sat in this seat for years and every time a promotion opened up, I don't get the promotion. However, the same demographic, blonde mm-hmm. hair, blue eyes, getting it. But mm-hmm. I am required to train these individuals. Mm. However, wow. we'll talk about the tools next week. But my key question always is, did you ever apply? 
Most people say no because no. I'm not going to get it anyway. Anyway, oh my God, Shakita, please, please. Okay, <laughs> pause right there because that we have got to say that again because see that's part of the victimization, it everyone, is. that we tell ourselves. Oh, we're not going to get it anyway, so I didn't apply. With and then you get mad when when Sally or Jane or you know they get it. Mm-hmm. How are you going to be mad? Exactly. You did not even put your name in the hat. You Thank didn't you. put yourself in the ring. Please repeat that, Shakita, because that's that is so key. That's so key. Yeah. So we must make sure that we apply. The key question is, did you even apply? And if there, and then another comeback I always get is that, well, they didn't even post it. So how could I apply? And I wasn't going to apply anyway if they did post it because I didn't feel like I was going to get it. And so another thing is, are you opening your mouth to let mm. someone know that I, if I want advancement opportunities, this should be discussed in your interview process. Yes. We talked about every review process. Yes. So some more tips next time. But ultimately, these are the things that make my skin crawl. I'm like, oh. You could win if you simply open your mouth, your mouth. and say what you want. No yes. one is a mind reader and no one is going to feel sorry. I had a guy, a young guy, he just started his career. He wanted to talk to me. He goes, um, do you ever feel burnout? So I, I think this just comes with the you know the title in some situations, but I'm learning as I get older, I can, I can have a little bit more work-life balance by doing yes. X, Y, and Z. Yes. And he goes, I'm working over well over 90 hours a week. And I said, why? I said, well, let me ask you this. Has anyone, do anybody even know that you're doing this? He goes, no. I said, so is your supervisor or anyone with the authority to promote you even aware that you're the first one in the last one out? No. So what good does it do for you exactly. to do all of this and no one acknowledging? I said, you're better off well, we'll talk about what the better off. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but better it's off those better. things. Yes. I'm bending over backwards. I'm the one who's making sure the coffee is together. I'm the one doing this. I am bringing donuts on Friday. And it's, you know, I'm doing all this. I'm working late. I'm putting an extra, you know, pen and paper yep. to make sure that this assignment is done and done properly. I'm, I'm embedded in, it's embedded in me to go the extra mile because my ancestors, my grandmothers and my mothers told me that we must do extra. But the question is who can vouch for that? Yes, exactly. Exactly. If no one even knows. Yeah. Who even knows? And that I tell you that, you know, and it's, it is ingrained in us. Right. And, and me at my age, you know, starting this career 40 years ago, I had frankly had to unlearn some things. I ain't going to be, I'm just going to be, I truly had to unlearn some things and working hard and doing extra was one of the things I had to unlearn (laughs) to be honest. I mean, because, you know, Shakita, we, we all know this, right. We get into the fields that we're in we're, we know we're going to perform. We, we know that, right? I mean, we, we don't do all the extra, like the education you mentioned and all the things we are ingrained to do to be ready for these positions and then come in and not hit home runs. So we're going to do that. It's the fact that we do all the extra, like you said, I'm, you know, okay, I'm going to stay till 10 o'clock tonight. Okay. Why? You know, <laughs> You know, when your salary is not going, you have a salary. You're not getting paid exactly. out. Exactly. You're you not know, getting you paid be, overtime. No, you're not getting paid overtime. You becoming the workhorse. Why? Yeah. I mean, you creating that workhorse mentality. 
So things that we have to unlearn. And I'm so glad you shared And this is what I tell a lot of my clients. I mean, you know, we truly have to get out of our own way. Are there systemic challenges? Absolutely. Is it it, there things that need to be addressed? Clearly. But nine times out of 10, you just gave a couple of examples of when we're in our own way. There's an opportunity for a role. We say, oh, I'm not going to apply because I'm not going to get it anyway. You're in your own way. You know, that, that you got to shift that mindset, which is why we titled this session. And I'm so glad when you and I talked in advance of this. Yes, stop playing the victim. What pieces of this do you own that you can fix, which is what Shakita's going to share with you in session two, ways for you to stop playing the victim. And then if you have to, unfortunately, and I say it's unfortunate because it can be stressful or whatever, but. If you need to do it, you got to do it. If you get to the point where you need to hold somebody accountable, you need to hold a company accountable, and you reach out to Shakita and her firm or or other firms to do so, you will have gotten out of your own way. You will have done all the right things. That's correct. You will have done all the right things that say, aha, it's not me because I have shown up. I have did this. I have done that. And in spite of me doing all of that, you still held me back. You still help me back. So we're going to wrap this session. Shakita, this was fabulous. I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be. I was so excited. Everyone, if you're catching this on the replay part one, please listen to it in its entirety. Uh, There's a link in the chat that I put in here. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, you can see the link. If you're on LinkedIn, unfortunately can't, but you can... Google, you could link and search attorney Shakita Hall Jackson and then get to her website because you want to buy this book. You, I mean, you absolutely want to buy this book like yesterday. So do not hesitate. And then you want to listen to this, send her some messages, send her any questions or join us for sure live on part two. So you're going to get some tools and methodologies and would love to hear from you on some of your challenges. So Shakita could help you either briefly or say, hey, connect with me so we can have a deeper discussion. Attorney Shanita Hall Jackson. I love that name in its entirety. (laughs) So I had to say it. Thank you so much. This was just an awesome session. Part one. I look forward to connecting again in a couple of weeks. Thank you for having me. This is great. I'll see you in two weeks. Two weeks. Fabulous. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.